Welcome to My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. In this season of the podcast, we take a look at transitions from diaper to potty, crib to bed, saying goodbye to pacifiers. We're here to support you through all these tricky transitions and more, even the ones that we as parents resist. I'm your host, Jessica Rolfe. Birthing is a topic we all want to weigh in on, but death, not so much we tend to avoid the subject. And when it comes to talking to our child about death, choosing the right words is so hard. Of course, there's no right way to talk about death except to lead with honesty and love. Our guest on the podcast today is the founder of Good Grief Parenting. Her name is Michelle Benyeo. She came into this work in the wake of losing her own child 20 years ago and helping his sibling through the grief. We discuss how you can support your child through the death of a pet or a loved one. Welcome, Michelle. Thanks for having me here. We're so grateful to have you here. So I wanted to get started by asking, what do us parents and adults need to know about how children grieve? I think the thing that most of us really need to know is that children do grieve. Just know that, not wonder whether they are. Because so often children don't look like, I don't know what exactly it is we expect them to look like, but so often parents will say, you know, they look like they're doing okay, so I think they are. The way that a child looks really isn't an indicator of how they are grieving. And I can just guarantee you that if a family has a loss and they are going through a loss and they're experiencing grief, the youngest of their little ones in their family is experiencing it too. They're just not showing it in the same way. They don't know how to process it. You know, my daughter said to me when her brother died, mommy, half of me is gone. She was three and a half. And if you watch this little three and a half year old bereaved sibling, she didn't look like this, you know, broken mess like maybe I might have looked, you know, because um, her grief wasn't written all over her the way that an adult's grief often is at the time of loss. So I think the important thing for adults to know is that your child is grieving and they need our support, whether they demonstrate their grief, whether they somehow, you know, indicate to us that they're experiencing it or not. They need our help through it because they are experiencing it. So how can we help them? To be honest with children, to allow them to experience the truth of loss and grief to the extent that it you know, comes into their sphere, not protect them from it, not try to make them feel better, but to... Um, to hold space for their emotions. Ashley Warner, whose episode was the most recent one published at the time that we're doing this interview, she taught was talking about separation anxiety and how important it is for adults to hold space for what the child is feeling. And it's the same thing with grief. Our goal is not to try to make them feel better and, and to try to deny grief or have them not experience it, but to help them understand it and to be 
honest with them. Yes, there's something horrible that happened and, you know, this doesn't feel good and we are all going to go through this together and we are capable of handling it. It's comforting in a way that we can just be honest and kind of push through. Then give me an example of what mistakes parents make when, in your opinion, when discussing death with children, whether whether it's euphemisms or something else. Help me understand. Well, the euphemisms are huge. And the idea that, um, you know, that we'll try to distract children from it, which I already mentioned, like if they're feeling sad, we'll say, oh, come on, let's go make a batch of your favorite cookies, you know, or, or why don't you go play with so-and-so? You always have so much fun with them. Um, that's, that's a mistake because that's telling them you have to be happy. I just want you to be happy. Being sad is not okay. Let's do something to make it better. The other thing is not being honest about what happened. And that includes using accurate words. And you mentioned the euphemisms and, you know, we don't even, we don't even use accurate language with each other when my son died, I had to, I choked on those words. It was really hard for me to say my son died, but that's the only word that accurately described what happened to him. And so Deanna knew her brother died to say he passed away or he, you know, departed or he's gone or he went away is just really very vague for children who are so literal, whether, you know, we think we're being clear that we're not going to see that person again, but the words they're hearing don't tell them that. And so they believe, well, maybe they can come back again. We explain to them that the person died, their body stopped working. And they're not able to do any of the things they used to be able to do. They can't talk. They can't walk. They can't play with you. They can't sing. And we're not going to see them ever again. That's what being dead for a person, you know, for our loved one means. Children don't necessarily get their heads around that whole concept when they're really young, but they will grow up knowing that that's what happened to this person, and they will grow into the understanding of what that really means. And so we really do need to start with our own comfort level of using that word and then using that accurate, honest vocabulary with children. Hmm. So how would you start? the conversation? How would you even open it up if we, we need to use this direct language? How do we begin? Well, the, you know, the first point of discussion is when someone who was there is not there. They've died. And we tell the child, you know, David died. Grandpa died. Champ died. You know, their body stopped working. The child may ask why, and then we just give them simple information. We don't always die when we get very sick, but this was something that, you know, made the person's body stop working. They can't do the things they used to do, and we're not going to see them anymore. Give them minimal information. They will ask more questions that they have. We just need to tell them what happened very simply and then we can say, is there anything that you're wondering about that? We can ask them those questions that let them say what they're wondering about. 
And if they don't say anything, we can say, well, you know, if there's ever something you're wondering about or something you want to ask me about this, just come and ask me and we can talk about it some more. And just open the door for the child to come to you. Because a young child, you know, like my daughter, like little ones, they're going to grow up with this loss and they're going to be reprocessing it and having new questions. So it can be very simple, giving them simple facts, letting them know you're open to whatever they want to talk to you about, and then just giving them the hugs, giving them the space, being close to them being honest about your own feelings. So just really finding ways to make it a a very simple, normal, shared experience because loss and grief are normal, natural um, human experiences. And this grieving piece, the pain of this grief is normal and natural. And children need to know that so that when they feel it, they can talk about it with you. And because young children um, can't always vocalize their feelings, you know, their fears often come out in these kind of unexpected times, like maybe while they're playing. Can you recommend a way to grieve through play? Children just instinctively know how to do that. There are so many ways that you can see what they're thinking through their play. And like I said, that's what my daughter did. She didn't show her grief. But if I would tune in to while she was playing, she might be singing, oh, how I wish my brother were here. And she'd have a David character and a Deanna character. So she would just be playing. And As an adult, when we're aware that they're doing this, sometimes our tendency is to just leave them alone. But we can also go say, it sounds like you're really missing David today. What are you playing right now? Do you want to tell me about it and let them tell you? Or they can can draw pictures about how they're feeling. One thing that children do is express their feelings through their behaviors and their emotions. And sometimes it might be aggressive, it might be more fearful, it might be something uncharacteristic of what we've seen in this child. And we just know that it's probably the grief, but it doesn't really look like what we think grief is. Some art activities can help them to to deal with and express some of what they're feeling, maybe Play-Doh, maybe painting, even just drawing a picture and telling you, having them explain it to you. Did you know that 85% of your child's brain is developed by age three? The Play Kits by Lovevery are an easy way to support your child's learning. Each kit includes expert-designed toys and activities that build important skills and inspire your child through stage-based play. When you sign up for the Play Kits, we deliver a box to your home every two to three months that's matched your child's age and what they're hungry to learn. Love Every provides the map to help you confidently guide your child's learning. Unlock the joy of intentional play. I want to play this message from one of our members of our community. Hi, my question is, how do you answer, are grandma and grandpa going to die, followed by, are you and daddy going to die? I think it's 
it's a really tough question because I want to be honest, but I also don't want them to be fearful and have anxiety either. I remember having a lot of fear and anxiety as a kid when my mom answered that quite, quite brutally, honestly. Thank you for offering this wonderful um, opportunity to get some ideas and answers, and I look forward to a reply. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, this is so hard, but I just really applaud this listener for saying I want to be honest because that is absolutely true. Do not tell your child, no, we're not going to die. We're not going anywhere because you cannot guarantee that. But what you can say is everybody dies. It's part of our life. And someday we will die, but we hope not for a long, long time. And right now we're all here together. We're all safe and we're going to take care of you. What they're asking with that question really is, am I going to be okay? Are you going to be here to take care of me? And you can answer that question in the here and the now Uh, without promising them that you're always going to be there, which you can't promise them. You can also say to them, you know, I'm really glad you asked that question because I know this has been a really hard time for all of us. And yes, someday I will die, but it probably won't be for a long time. And right now we're all here and we're all safe. You know, those kinds of responses that can just help the child feel secure in the moment. And when do children start to understand death or this question does start to come up at at some point, help ground us in that. They're maybe going to start really understanding sort of what death is by the ages of six to eight. Um, And then they're going to have more experiences in their life about things that have died. And that's one of the most useful things you can do as a parent is point out to them, like if they're walking at the playground and they find a dead bird or they find a a dead baby bird that fell out of a nest, you can say, that bird died. Their body isn't working anymore. See how they're not moving anymore? Everything dies. There's a book called Lifetimes, That is all about that message for young children that everything that lives will die. And children at a really young age can start to hear this and learn this because it's a fact of life. And so the two-year-old or the three-year-old or the four-year-old, when you say everything that lives will die, they don't necessarily understand that. But you can in the moment, but you can keep giving them examples based on what they what they see in their lives and, and experiences you have with them in their lives and just continue those teachable moments. Hmm. And this may link to preparing a child for the death of a, a loved one, like an elderly grandparent is close to death. What what should we do? How can we prepare the child for their passing? Mm hmm. Well, I think, you know, again, you can start preparing them for what the body is doing. You can tell them with an older person, you know, that their their body is getting tired and soon they're not going to be able to do the things they used to do. They're going to die 
their body won't work anymore. And we're going to be very, very sad. But we'll have so many good memories and ways to remember them. But we won't be able to see them anymore. And we won't be able to play with them anymore. And when that happens, we're all going to be sad. But we're going to be okay. And the other thing that comes into this with all families, and I have a Christian upbringing, my belief is that I'm going to see my loved one again. I believe in my son going to heaven where I'm going to see him again. So, of course, I told my daughter this, and many families have these kinds of beliefs that also really bolster you know, the hopefulness of the situation. But again, we don't want to give too much detail because it can be really confusing for a child to think that their loved one has gone somewhere else where they're alive because, you know, that's the same thing really is not understanding quite what death is. Thinking about, you know, the memory of someone and trying to keep that, you know, really present. Let me play this this message from one of our community members. Hi there. Sorry for the baby in the background in advance. I lost my dad when I was six weeks pregnant with my now son. And I recently lost my grandmother about two weeks ago, who was a huge part of my life as well as my dad. And I really want them to be a part of my son's life. While he's not a toddler just yet, as he's only seven months, how do I incorporate them into his life as he gets older? And how do I explain to him that they're no longer here, but they love him very much? And uh, it's important for me for them to be a part of his life. So how do I go ahead and explain that to him? Thanks so much. Well, I love that you're that you're asking this question. I love that you want to do this because this is such a gift for your child to have that legacy, to have that family continuity, to know that family loves you even when they're not with you. And I think when they don't know this person and they haven't lost this person's presence, because they never had it. It's a matter of just really sharing with them, with him, your memories of them. Uh, Grandma's favorite cookie recipe. My dad and I used to play this game, and now I'm playing this game with you. When I was pregnant with you, my dad was so excited that you were coming. I mean, obviously, a seven-month-old isn't going to understand this, But you can start these stories with the seven-month-old, even though they don't understand all of the concepts and all of the information. The stories can start now and just tell them stories, show him pictures, and just let those people be a living presence in his life. And by sharing what they meant to you and all that they gave to you, that just really gives him a legacy that he can carry on. You're establishing traditions and you're establishing an extended family that just embraces him and loves him and contributes to who he's going to be and to who you are as his mom. So Again, as I say, I'm just so glad that you're doing this because it really is a gift for him to have this extent of family, even though he'll never speak to them. Yeah, 
It is such a wonderful question and what a great answer. Thank you for that. I want to talk about death of a beloved pet. You know, it's so, it can be so traumatic and so hard for the child to go through both the process of death with a pet and then also the grieving process. Do you have any suggestions specific to death of a pet that parents might be able to take take home with them? I think the most important thing is that you you really need to honor your child's grief. And if it's a beloved family pet, you're going to be grieving too. And so then I just go back to the idea of not not protecting your child from it, being really open about how sad you are all about this. And then when a pet dies, it's really a wonderful opportunity for a child to have a hand in how you commemorate and celebrate that death and the rituals that you might do when you bury the pet or put the pet to sleep. For the child to be able to participate in that you know, when they're a toddler age or older uh, in particular, that's not a bad thing for them. Again, one thing that I say is that childhood is the best time to learn about loss and grief. We don't want our children to, we don't think it's the best time, but look at what they're learning about life and how to cope and how to honor life. And so when they lose a pet, and if, and you know, a dog is one thing, a goldfish is another. Don't flush the goldfish away. Ask them, should we bury the goldfish? Do you want to say goodbye to the goldfish? What should we do with the goldfish? Let them have some input into that. Talk to them about how we honor, you know, our pets or our loved ones when they die and let them have a hand in that and have a little, you know, funeral you know, it might even be just a grasshopper or or something like that. Honor that loss and that grief and use that as a teachable moment to help them understand that all things die. And when they do, we're going to miss them. But there are ways that we can say goodbye to them that will help us feel better because we are remembering them and honoring them and celebrating their life. It's just really a wonderful teachable moment for them. Mm, yes, we we went through that in our family. So thank you for reinforcing that. So my children in a few weeks are going to be attending their grandfather's funeral. And I wanted to have ask you if there's any tips for how to prepare our children for an, an event around death. Two things I would say about that are Prepare them for what it's going to be like and ask them if they want to do it. If it's open casket, uh, for example, ask them if they want to see grandpa and say he's not going to look quite like he used to look. Children can experience a funeral as long as you know your child and think they'll be okay for that. with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Also, prepare them for what it's going to be. There are going to be a lot of really sad adults because many people love grandpa just like we did. And people might be crying. You don't need to worry about that, but that might kind of bother you because 
you know, everybody's going to be missing grandpa. And then when they're there, you know, pay attention to their comfort level while they're there and just remind them that, you know, this is how we remember people who die when we know we're not going to see them again. Again, use it as a teachable moment and be sure that you're allowing them to make some calls about how much of it they really want to experience. And I think that's the important thing. Sometimes when we don't include children, even if they're very young children, they're going to be missing that. I I don't exactly want to use the word closure, but in a way that, you know, that closure, they're missing that event that signals we're not going to see this person anymore. So as I say, it's not necessarily something to exclude them from. Just really take your cues from them and what you know about them. Mm, Thank you, Michelle. That was so helpful for me personally and hopefully for others listening. It's been wonderful being with you today. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I've enjoyed our conversation. Takeaway number one, children do grieve, whether or not they look like it. If they do express fear or sadness, don't try to distract them. Instead, assure your child that big emotions are normal and that you are here for them no matter what comes up. Takeaway number two, avoid euphemisms. Saying something like, grandma passed away, is too vague. Explain that the person died. Their body stopped working and they can no longer do the things they used to do. We're not going to see them again. Give them honest but minimal information and then ask, is there anything you're wondering about that? Reassure them that they can come to you at any time with their questions. Takeaway number three. Look for signs of grief or loss in their play. You can open the door to conversation by observing. Tell me about what you're playing there. It looks like you're really missing grandma. Would you like to talk about it? Takeaway number four. When your child asks if you're going to die, what they're really asking is, am I going to be okay? Are you going to be here to take care of me? Focus in the here and now and remind them that they are safe. Right now, we're all here together, we're all safe, and we're going to take care of you. Visit the Love Every blog at loveevery.com for more resources and ways to communicate big life changes with your child. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.